Hello and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Welcome to the Free Like Me podcast from FLM Wealth Management. I'm Caitlin Lambert, Senior Advisor, and joining me today is Ben Smith, whom I've worked with for almost nine years now at FLM. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Thanks for having me, Caitlin. It's a pleasure to be here. We're really excited to be launching this series, but we thought it made the most sense to launch the podcast talking about the meaning of wealth. So we all have our own idea of what financial freedom looks like. And a part of what we do is really helping our clients to understand and define these notions. When you build someone's wealth, you don't just simply say you want more money. Wealth can mean freedom, security, opportunity, philanthropy. True wealth is defining what a life on your terms looks like. Some people want the big home or to move to the South Coast to finish work and write books to spend time traveling or being with family, there simply is no right or wrong answer. So Ben, you've been working in this uh, industry for almost a decade now. How has your view of wealth changed over that period as well as your approach to managing your clients' money? Yeah, thanks, Karen. I think it's it's changed a lot recently, I think, is is the short answer. And um, over the last few months since we've, we've started to I guess, come out of the lockdown period, one of the questions I've asked most clients is, has your views and, and outlook changed at all? And um, pretty much everyone's saying, saying that it has. Um, I think clients have got to know a bit of a slower pace of life. People aren't commuting. People are spending a bit more time around their homes. Um, people are experiencing what that flexibility enables them to do with that extra time when they're not commuting. And I think for a lot of um, clients, it's meant that they've really had a look into what life could look like and and I think maybe far less stressful than it once was. And I think it's, it's interesting because if you look back over the last 10 years, I don't think these are just sudden trends that have popped up because of COVID. I think they're things that have been developing over the years. Um, people wanting to work from home, people wanting flexibility. This isn't a new concept. It is something that has developed. And I think nowadays you're seeing people even say that they'd, they'd maybe sacrifice some income for some increased flexibility because it enables them to to live a more balanced life. Absolutely. I've I've definitely felt a shift in my clients' priorities over the last few years as well. And and even, you know, what retirement looks like to people, it, I'm finding it's no longer a cliff edge scenario. And um, it might mean, you know, taking some work for a few days, being able to spend more time at home. Uh, there's definitely been a shift in, in the way we approach, um, you know, work and and why do we go to work and what's the meaning of it all yeah and i think more generally over if you look back over maybe the last 10 years um the 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 sorts of industries people are going into have changed so much you know when when i first started advising clients um not many of them worked in the tech space and i would say that now 90 percent of the new people we meet are in the tech space and they, for better or worse, that industry has changed the way in which people work. You know, they're a much more flexible uh, workforce. People have other benefits associated with work. And I think these trends are going to continue as well. There's a, there's a really great book called The Hundred Year Life, um, which talks a lot about how because uh, the pace of change is so, so much faster these days, 
people are going to need to adapt their their career and maybe upskill as they go. And um, I think we're seeing a bit of that at the moment. Definitely. I think that's a really interesting point on the 100 year life as well, because when it does come to, you know, defining your wealth and and, and money and what your future does look like, you do have to think, OK, so I, I'm going to put take certain actions throughout the course of my life in order to achieve these goals. But then what's also really important, considering we are living so much longer in um, in this day and age, is making sure that you've got a plan in place to be able to sustain that that way of life. And I definitely think that's where working with a financial advisor and having someone um, enable you to to be able to sustain the, you know, the, the life that you, you're working towards is really, really important. Yeah, and it's it's having a plan, isn't it? I think we talk about that so frequently. And a plan is just going to have to evolve, I think, even more frequently than it once did. Yeah. So if, if you were to meet someone who wasn't sure what they'd like to achieve, what, what sort of steps would you take in order to help someone clarify what it is that they're working towards? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because it, it differs for everyone. And so much of what we do is about being that thought-provoking um, prompts in someone's lives. So asking searching questions, getting them to think about how might they want the next 10 years to look or the next 15 years to look what would financial security mean to you um what does retirement mean to you because retirement i mean that's a seriously outdated word these days and the way in which people retire um has changed significantly no longer do people simply stop working on a friday and and never come back people might take career breaks in their 40s to spend more time with their children they might decide to um, stop working at 50 and work three days a week as opposed to five days a week. So it means something different to, to everyone out there. And I think so often it's about trying to get clients just to think a little bit more detail as to what a really great life would look like. Um, and it doesn't have to mean, you know, accumulating huge levels of wealth it could just mean having the freedom to spend more time with your family and um, knowing that you can take a year out in, in your career if you wanted to so I think the biggest thing that I would say to anyone in that position is is just speak to someone who can really get you thinking about these questions and, and really get you thinking about what you might want your life to look like absolutely and then so once once someone has, you know, come to that conclusion, they've said, okay, right, this is what I'm really working towards. I want to, you know, scale back at 55 and I want to stay at home and I want to write books. Um, what, what do you do to help clients put a plan in place in order to achieve those goals? Well, first of all, I don't know how to write a book, so I'll, um, I, I won't get involved in that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, what I would say is once you've defined what you want to achieve, it's actually much easier from there. And obviously, we work with all different people at different ages, different stages of their life. And it's all about putting in place the relevant plans to achieve those goals. So that might mean starting some sort of regular investment each month. Um, and if you do that, you can quite easily start to understand what you might have in the future and when that might give you the, the ability to take that year out or as you say go go and write some books and have a bit more of a relaxed way of life um it's about reviewing what a client's already done and finding out um what assets and wealth they've accumulated 
It's about finding out what they spend at the moment, what they're going to need to continue to spend, whether some of that could be tapered back and um, you could maybe save a bit more money on a regular basis, which then gets you that financial security at an earlier stage. The the dreaded spending question is is definitely one that probably most of my clients um, struggle with. And uh, it's definitely a, you know, choose to put your head in the sand scenario, I think eight times out of 10, but it is really important, isn't it? It is. And I think, um, you know, li- life's for living as well. And, and I always say that to clients, you were not suggesting that you suddenly have to go from spending £5,000 a month to £1,000 a month because you're probably not going to have much enjoyment if you do that. So it is a balance. But so often we look at a client's expenditure and and there are um, areas that maybe they hadn't analysed in much detail and and they could taper back on. And if you're you're young particularly, um, saving a couple of hundred extra pounds a month makes, makes a huge difference with compound interest and doing that regularly over a sort of 15, 20 year period. So another thing that I tend to find um, when working with my clients um, is that the plan does need to remain fluid and circumstances will change over the course of time. It, it, you know, there's, life isn't black and white. If, if a client feels like a plan isn't working for them, what course of action do you tend to recommend that they take and, and what steps do you put in place in order to, to keep that fluidity and that planning? Well, I think that the first thing is that regular contact with your financial planner is is absolutely crucial change uh comes in many forms uh, a client's scenarios change which is extremely important if their time scales change around when they might want to stop working or access money then that completely might change how you invest someone's money from a risk perspective so the client circumstances change the economy changes markets change, tax legislation changes. There's so many variables in there, which really, really means that you should be sitting down with your financial planner at a minimum once a year. And and in my view, more frequently than that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a formal meeting every time, but it might just be a quick phone call and, and check in. And then that means that the plan can continually evolve because you're absolutely right. It, it, it has to, and, and it has to more so today because of how quickly the world, world changes. Um, so I think if a client's plan isn't working, um, first of all, you've got to ask why. Um, is there something fundamentally wrong with the plan, which means that it's not going to work out as, as first expected? Or is it just a case of um, you haven't reviewed it as much over recent months and years and it, it needs to be slightly slightly shifted in terms of what you're what you're doing for the future. So I think it, it it's it's quite specific, I would say. And um, if it really isn't working, I think you just need to really get to the root cause of why that's the case. Definitely. And I also think a part of that is setting achievable goals as well. And rather than coming up with this this big grand um, objective that you're working towards. It's about making little incremental changes throughout the course of your lifetime that gradually build and compound over time and, and make you, um, you know, put you on that track to, to be where you need to be. I definitely find that that's a much better way of tackling those issues rather than, you know, having them all hit you at once. And, and that's when people, particularly when it comes to money, which can be quite a stressful topic, particularly here in the UK, tend to bury their heads in the sand and say, you know what, this is too overwhelming. I'm going to do nothing about it. Yeah. And, and culturally, I mean, Caitlin, you're from, from Oz. So I'd, uh, 
interested to get your your views on this. But culturally in the UK, money is a taboo. Um, people don't talk about it at the dinner table um, for whatever reason. Uh, it just is something that we tend to be quite private about. And that can be a really bad thing because it means that you can get anxious about money, you can stress out about these things, and you don't talk to people. And when you're anxious and stressed about something, often the best route is to is to talk to people, talk to loved ones, talk to people you, you know who are knowledgeable, because you might be worrying about nothing, like a lot of these things. Um, and I'm sure it's similar to Oz, right, Caitlin? It, it is similar in Oz. And I think a lot of it also comes from the way in which we're taught um, money at a young age as well. And, you know, supposedly we um, form all of our financial habits by the age of seven. And and if you look back, you'll probably be learning those habits through a combination of, you know, some formal education and mostly through what your family is doing. Um, so it's a very young age that we start to form these habits and they run right through um, into our adulthood and the fact that we don't talk about money in our schooling um, environments as well and it's I find it staggering that you you finish your education and you know you know Pythagoras's theorem but you don't know how to file a tax return and I think there are a lot of ways in which we can improve our um, attitudes towards money from you know a personal standpoint and that is just opening up those conversations with friends and loved ones but also from at a much higher level I think that um, you know governments should be focusing on educating people on money through the schooling systems as well. Completely and I think if you think about, use the example of starting a new job. If you start a new job in a new field, it's a very anxious and stressful time. You turn up to the new place of work and you don't know what you're doing half the time. And obviously that then causes you to be nervous, to be anxious. And, and it's it's a learning curve, isn't it? And the same applies for money. If, if you don't have the knowledge, knowledge, knowledge and clarity certainly does give you much more power to be able to tackle those challenges that you might face but if you don't know anything about the subject it's going to be really really you just don't know what questions to ask to begin with do you and I think that is where people will often stay quiet because they almost feel embarrassed to come forward and say I don't know what that means and I, I don't know what to ask and I think that's the same of when people are approaching a financial planner for the first time I tend to find it particularly in um, the women that I deal with is they simply don't know what to ask and, and almost feel afraid to come forward and say, you know, to, to admit those, um, that to me, which I find really interesting. Another area that I find really interesting is the notion that we don't talk about salaries with our colleagues as well, because the only person that wins in that scenario is the employer because, you know, they, they could be paying someone one one salary and someone a uh, different salary but they might be doing the same thing and if you're not having those discussions with your colleagues to make sure that that you are earning on parity um then then you're the one who's essentially losing out so i definitely think opening up the conversation is really really important yeah and i think to to add where where we would come in as a financial planner if you if you think about being anxious uh, about anything in life and and specifically money here if you're anxious about it then you're going to need someone who is going to talk your language and not bombard you with jargon acronyms it, it just makes it so much worse so you need to you need to work with someone who you trust who understands you but who who talks about these things in plain english you know the world investing is is so complex you can talk about 
stock, shares, growth, income, dividends, all these different things. And that can be really overwhelming and confusing to someone. So I think so much of our job is also about educating people as they go and um, yeah. not just telling them what to do, but but making sure they start to understand what they're doing in the detail. Completely agree. And that's where I feel so grateful to have fallen into this industry. And I, when I was in Australia, I was working in property and infrastructure and I'd always intended to spend the rest of my life working in property as you know my father had done and moving into the world of personal finance was truly like learning a new language for me I was very overwhelmed at the beginning but you know now almost 10 years later I feel so grateful that I, I do completely understand it and I truly think that that's going to mean that my life is um, more abundant as a result of it because I have the means um, in order to make it so but I completely empathize when people come in and say this is just so overwhelming I don't understand the language is not tailored towards certain audiences and I think you know there's a lot more that we could go into on that front which we'll save for another podcast (laughs) but um (laughs) it is just just be careful Aileen because if you uh if you talk about pension and tax too much with your friends then they're probably not going to stick around for too long (laughs) (laughs) yeah but so when with regards to your journey Ben what got you into this industry and um how has it has that journey been for you yeah so I was I was really fortunate um to come into this industry as my dad had worked with the founder of FLM for a long time and he'd looked after his finances so well um that it was a really great way to come into a company I, I know that my dad has had a good experience um and I guess from a very early stage, I found it fascinating. Everyone has money. Everyone pays tax. uh, Everyone probably can talk to you about their own finances. And so so what we do is relevant to anyone we meet or anyone in our family. And I think I very quickly realized how misunderstood um, money could be. It was a very steep learning curve, certainly for the first couple of years of, of my career and, and um, delving into all of the detail and, and what um, pensions mean, what different tax rates are, all of these sorts of things. It, it was a bit of a um, an uphill challenge at first. Um, but over the years, working with clients and getting to know their families and helping them achieve those goals, it's it's a really rewarding thing, thing to do. Um, and you form some really great relationships with people and and clients that that, that are definitely friends now um so yeah it, it's changed a lot um i think the way in which uh, we interact with clients has obviously changed a lot recently um we've certainly noticed we can be a bit more efficient with time and i think clients are seeing that as well um brilliant yeah i, I definitely find that every client is completely different and it really does come down to a you know a bespoke plan for each individual which also means a bespoke relationship and that is a really as you say rewarding part of this role is um, really getting to know someone on a personal level and seeing them achieve their goals is is amazing and it does you know you get that real feel good factor and and I I had um, a drink with a client last week and uh, she sent me a text the mo- next morning saying, gosh, it's so nice that personal finance can be a bit of fun. And, you know, that makes me so happy because 
there is this stigma around what the world of personal finance and, and financial planning looks like and means. And, you know, some people say to me, oh, I don't think I'm the right kind of person for you because I don't have X amount of money. And again, as, as we've discussed it, you know, it's not about having lots of money. It's, it's about wealth and what does wealth mean to you? And it means something for everyone. There, there really is no right or wrong answer um, to it. And that means that there's no right or wrong client at the end of the day. Mm. Absolutely. But you, you know, you mentioned that personal relationship with a client. And I think that's been crucial to uh, our success as a business is, is really getting to know the individual you're working with and, and not just in a meeting room, but, but outside of that meeting room, because you, you start to understand more about the person and, and more about what's important to them. And it, it, it sounds very philosophical, but all those little things can make a big difference to what the ultimate plan should look like and and what, what the client's um, end goal should look like. So, Ben, as you know, we're about to launch the Free Like Me campaign, which I'm really excited about. And so when it comes to financial freedom, what, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I mean, such a, such a big question, isn't it? Um, I think, obviously, I'm in a, in a privileged position where I um, know a lot about the subject and I know a lot about money. So as you can imagine, I do have quite um, specific plans as to what makes me happy in life and, and what I really want to achieve over, over the long term. Um, for me, it's about balance. Everything in life for me is about making sure that the different areas of my lives never become too overwhelming. So work is great and I absolutely love it. And, and I, I feel like I work very hard at what I do but if it ever gets too much then I start to notice that I get stressed I get anxious and and it can become too overwhelming so for me it's about balance um, over the course of my career being able to uh, travel is so important to me um, so go away and um, see different cultures see different people that's very much built into my own expenditure plans and and own targets um, financial security is something I do have in mind I um, have this goal of being financial secure by the age of 45. Um, so I'm 32 now. Um, by the time I get to 45, I want to know that if I were to stop working at that point, I could uh, achieve £5,000 a month of income in my pocket and never have to work another day again. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge statement. But given all of the yeah. tools and the software that we have, I've been able to put in place a plan that means I can get to that target. And again, to your point, you know, these things will evolve. I'm sure, you know, there'll be uh, other twists and turns in my own personal life that, that will change things along the way. But I find it really empowering. And um, I think it definitely helps me sleep at night, just knowing that there is some sort of longer term planning and goal. And, and, it, and it definitely helps motivate me in, in the, the world of work. So, Caitlin, I'm not going to let you get away with it. You, <laughs> turn that question back on you. Oh, well, there, is, there are a lot of similarities in, um, in, in my plan to what you've said, but I think a key one for me is definitely the ability to travel, probably in a different way to which you've described. But as uh, you mentioned, I am from Australia and it is a long way away. And it's also really expensive to get there. But I made a commitment to myself uh, several years ago when I decided I was going to be in the UK for a considerable amount of time that I would not miss out on 
things back home where if I looked back in 10 years, I would have regret uh, not being there, you know, for the birth of very close friends, children, family events, etc. So for me, being able to have the means to be able to travel back and forth to Australia whenever I wish, uh, particularly if, you know, something, God forbid, was to go wrong, having uh, the ability to get back there quite quickly. And then one day having, you know, the means in order to ensure that my whole family is, is able to get there children are definitely in the plan so being able to afford to send them back and forth to Australia as well so that they would grow up knowing my family is is an extremely important part of my financial planning and as similar to you I have factored in that as an an ongoing expenditure and I put money aside each month to make sure that I do have a pot that means that I can achieve that Um, the other thing I would definitely say is on the health front, my dad struggled with his health for the last 10 years and it's something that's really important to me. And again, you know, making sure that I have um, the ability to, you know, be able to, to do the things that I want to do to make sure that I live my life to the fullest, uh, is really important on that front. And yeah, in terms of, um, the longer term plan, I think what I love about this role is that we can, you know, work remotely, we can work flexibly, we can work from home as we've all, you know, realised. I definitely love being in a position where I'm not tied to a desk nine to five. And again, that also ties in with my goals of being able to go home quite frequently as well. So um, that's something that's always been really important to me. And and that's been a part of my journey and why I've uh, decided to work in this um, in this industry and in this role and with my clients as well, because it does offer you that flexibility. And, and that's been really important to me. Yeah, you, you didn't touch on your expensive coffee habit there, though. Does that, <laughs> is that built into the financial plan? Uh, this week, I've actually put myself on a coffee ban. <laughs> I'm only allowed one on a Wednesday. So I'm making, I'm making some small incremental changes there. Well, I hope you, hope you tell your clients that as well. Um, <laughs> one of the things I was going to say is it, it's funny listening to, to your view and listening to my view because – it feels like everything we said was about experiences. You know, there wasn't there wasn't much in there to say, I want this car, I want this house. Uh, and I, I think, again, that is a, a huge trend that's developing in, in the world. And, you know, pre-COVID, travel was on the rise. Um, people wanted to go and see things. And maybe it's just the, this Instagram generation and, and people wanting to plaster their life everywhere. But certainly it feels like people are much more focused towards travel, um, experience, eating out in cool restaurants than, than maybe possessions, which, which again, is probably a shift that's, that we've seen over the last few years. Absolutely. And, and that's what we say, you know, when we have these conversations with clients, you know, having more money doesn't necessarily make you happy. It, it's simply a vehicle and using that money wisely can lead to a better quality of life. And that's why, you know, we play a role in our clients' lives is a, not just helping them define what that, that better, better life looks like, but making sure that they can, you know, achieve, achieve all of those things. Um, and, and I completely agree. It's, it's, it's different for everyone, as we said earlier on, and it's important to make sure that the, the plans that you have for people are bespoke because, you know, we all have different, um, ideas for, for what that, you know, abundant life actually means. And, and like I said earlier, it's about living life on your terms. But as, as we know, life 
is so much more enjoyable when you don't have stress and anxiety about certain aspects of your life. Um, and, and money and, and finance is no different. You know, there's some crazy statistics around the amount of people who suffer from stress and anxiety due to money. Um, so I think you have to recognize that that's one of the parts of your life that needs to be balanced, just as your health needs to be balanced, just as your uh, emotional connections to the people you love need to be balanced. There's, there's all these different elements that, that make to have a good life. Um, and, and finance is definitely one of them. Absolutely. It's, it's having that, I think, you know, when we come back to that con concept of freedom, having freedom from financial stress and, you know, a stress as well for me is, is something that I keep a, a keen eye on because I do think that we don't truly understand the impacts it has on our body because it, it is a bit of a silent killer in a way, uh, and making sure that you, you keep, you keep track of that and, and having, you know, someone to help you make decisions when it comes to money, I think can can be a huge relief for many, many people in, in my experience. Yeah, it's just like going to the gym or, or, or going to play golf or exercising all these things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's about your physical well being and, and probably some of your mental well being. And here we're talking about financial well being, which I think contributes to to a lot of those other aspects, such as your mental well being as well. So Ben, thanks very much for joining the conversation today. It's It's been really insightful and I know we've got lots of topics um, that we want to build on over the coming weeks and months, which I am super excited about. Me too. It's been great. I think um, I've learned, learned a little bit more about you, which has been great. Um, but I think there's so much more we can build on here um, and so many, much more detail we can go into. So it's good to, to set out the, the store as to what the podcasts are going to look like. And yeah, please uh, tune into future podcasts to hear more. So thanks for listening. See you next time.